Hello, world. Welcome to Salon Radio, weekly podcast produced by international women artists Salon. And we're coming to you live from New York City at Funkadelic Studios. This is Heidi Russell, founder of International Women Artists Salon. It's my pleasure to host tonight. And I'm here with our illustrious presenter, Maureen Van Tries. How are you? I'm great, Heidi. It's good to be back. It's been a quite a while. <laughs> Absolutely. We've been on a little bit of hiatus, and we are kicking off our new platform of Salon Radio as podcasts here in August. So we're um, appreciate everybody uh, hanging tight and coming back to listen. And for our new listeners, uh, welcome. And uh, you're going to be really pleasantly um, entertained and inspired by these amazing women artists that uh, we have the good fortune and honor to present. And tonight we have the amazing Cecilia Beck, who is a Scandinavian audiovisual artist. And she's going to be playing some of her new music. And uh, we also have for our salon solo, Joanna Sherman, who is the artistic director of Bond Street Theater. And she's going to be telling us a little bit what's happening upcoming. Uh, for a trip to Malaysia, and uh, we're going to have her back in the future as well, but we want to give her a good send-off. So uh, first, we're going to have our World Bulletin highlighting news about women creatives around the world. Hey, Salonistas. It's Maureen Van Trees here with your World Bulletin. We are going to start off with Berlin Art Week, a highlight on the contemporary art calendar in the German capital. For the sixth time, the Berlin Art World will be hosting exhibition openings, fairs, prize award ceremonies, artist films, and numerous special events during the week. The rich variety of this fall program is made possible by the joint collaboration of institutions, galleries, artists, collectors, and project spaces, and draws international attention. In 2017, visitors can expect large-scale exhibitions on established artists, such as Monica Bonvicini, Danny Lyon, Willem de Ruiz, and a retrospective on Harun Faraki, and countless artists from various genres. The fairs will be the focus of attention. Art Berlin, ABC Art Berlin Contemporary, in collaboration with Art Cologne, will be kicking off a new start for Berlin Art Week. You can find out more information at www.berlinartweek.de slash en slash berlin dash art dash week slash. Kicked off during Berlin Art Week will be the film work of Danielle Huyer and Jean-Marie Straub, Tell It to the Stones. It will be presented at the Académie der Kunst. That's November 14th through November 19th this year, the films of Danielle Huyer and Jean-Marie Straub resist casual consumption. They're made to be seen in the cinema, and it remains the best venue to appreciate their political as well as sensory dimensions. Huyer Straub take their audiences seriously, and they respect them enough not to want to entertain them. They invite viewers to take part in their work by demanding something in return, to watch and to listen, and they show what cinema usually takes great pains to conceal, that it is work to read or perform a text, to compose and perform music, to make a decision and to live a life. What can be shown, at least to a certain degree, is the amount of work that has gone into the films. It remains largely invisible, however, because its purpose was to make something else possible. This was, above all, Danielle Huyer's part in the production process of this joint oeuvre. She was producer and film editor, director's assistant and production manager, actress and dialogue coach. 
traces of her work can be found throughout the exhibition, those of a correspondent, agent, and translator who turned imagined potentialities into technical realities. It was a role that epitomizes what Jean-Marie Straub associates with the term communists, people who are able to produce a communal life and work. Communisten, uh, done in 2014, was one of the most recent films by Jean-Marie Straub. It's a six-part retrospective and compilation of works the filmmakers created together. This predefined selection structures the exhibition, allowing an encounter with the work. Constellations of diverse documents pick up the threads laid out by this choice and lead back to the creative processes, to specific places, and to a wide network of colleagues, friends, and supporters. In addition, six international artists have produced new works that take up, continue, annotate, and redirect these aesthetic and topographical journeys. As Jean-Marie Straub says, the films are what they are thanks to the work that went into them, and a majority of the work before and during filming has to do with avoiding clichés, blowing them up, dynamiting them. There is a word that's no longer in use that has become a cliché. It's about dialectics. The point is that you can never say or show something where the possibility of resistance from its opposite cannot also be sensed. Again, that's at Académie der Kunst at Hans-Sietenweg, number 10, 10557 Berlin. More information at www.adk.de. And you can get tickets there as well. Uh, just recently, the Brooklyn Museum announced that Jennifer Y. Chi has been named the institution's new deputy director and chief curator. Chi joins the museum after 10 years as the exhibitions director and chief curator at the Institute for the Study of the Ancient World at New York University. Chi will be responsible for helping to shape the overall strategic direction of the museum and overseeing its curatorial program and activities, including exhibitions, public programs, and the display of its collections. Director Ann Pasternak said, I'm excited to partner with Jennifer. She's not only a renowned scholar and curator, but also a creative thinker whose drive and entrepreneurial skills will be a great boon to our efforts in expanding our curatorial activities. This week, IWAS honors Kate Millett. The author, artist, and activist in the women's liberation movement, Kate Millett, passed away this past Wednesday on September 6th at the age of 82. Her first book, Sexual Politics, in 1970, used four male writers, D.H. Lawrence, Henry Miller, Norman Mailer, and Jean Genet, as case studies in examining the subjugation of women throughout cultural and political life. Born in 1934 in St. Paul, Minnesota, Kate Millett and her two sisters were raised by her mother, Helen Millett, a feminist who voted in the first election in which women were allowed to vote in the United States. Millett was educated at the University of Minnesota, where in 1956 she obtained a bachelor's in English literature and was later sent by an aunt to Oxford University, where in 1958 she earned a master's in English literature with first-class honors the first American woman ever to achieve such a distinction there. In 1961, she moved to Tokyo, where she taught English at the prestigious Waseda University and also studied sculpture. Though she married Japanese sculptor Fumio Yoshimura there in 1965, Millet soon moved to New York City. In 1970, her Columbia University Ph.D. thesis was published as the best-selling book, Sexual Politics. Millet went on to publish numerous articles, essays, and ten more books. 
Her most recent publications are The Politics of Cruelty, an essay on the literature of political imprisonment from 1994, and Mother Millet from 2001. In 2013, she was inducted into the National Women's Hall of Fame in Seneca Falls, New York, the birthplace of the American suffragette movement. She served as the director of the Millet Center for the Arts, founded in 1978 in the town of LaGrange, New York. And that'll wrap it up for our World Bulletin. So as you can see, there's amazing things that are happening around the world by women creatives in all the different disciplines. So uh, please, if you know of anything that's happening in your area of the world, please email us at womenartsalon at gmail.com and let us know and we'll, we'll get it on air. And so I'm going to turn it over to Maureen to uh, start our Salon Solo interview. All right. Thanks, Heidi. It's great to be back, and I'm here with Joanna Sherman. She is the artistic director and one of the founders of Bond Street Theater. And now they have been around since 1984, and they do projects in conflict areas around the world. It's a very mm -hmm. amazing focus and project, mostly focused on women. Mm -hmm. uh, they work primarily in post-war refugee and disadvantaged communities. Mm -hmm. They collaborate with the local artists, applying the arts to the peace-building process. Their current focus areas include Afghanistan, Myanmar, Malaysia, Lebanon, and Tunisia. So now, Joanna, you uh, also do theater for social development, and you're a member of the Laboratory for Global Performance and Politics at Georgetown University. Mm -hmm. So you yes. you do get into the academic world and and put your information mm -hmm. out there to the academics. Um, you've spoken yes. at the UN. Mm -hmm. You've been featured on CNN and mm -hmm. the BBC and NPR. And she has a publication out called The Children of Afghanistan. Mm -hmm. It's a composite of different stories. Mm -hmm. Wonderful, wonderful. And so I want you to tell me a little bit about how you were inspired to start this theater company with this mission and focus. Mm. Well, going back to, actually, we, we were founded in the late 70s, and it was kind of a, the heart of a political theater movement, and so we did political street theater in Tompkins Square Park and Washington Square and Central Park. And, um, you know, then... Uh, going way back there when Reagan came in there was no more money for this kind of community mm -hmm. venture so we started to travel more and um, I think in traveling we started to see that there was a big wide world out there and the politics here was important but the situation elsewhere in certain other areas of the world were really critical mm -hmm. and so we started to just reach out and maybe go to a festival but on the side work with the street children you know for, for example Brazil we were invited mm -hmm. to some very nice festivals. But we said, oh, well, look at the street kids. Let's do something with them. So it came as a side project a si of going to these festivals. Yeah, And exactly. then it blossomed into what you do now. What we do now. And now we've been in 40 countries worldwide doing this mm -hmm. kind of work. And, you know, as we were just talking about before, as an artist, you know, you have to just... Uh, use your intuition. Every place is so different, and you never know what the situation is going to be mm -hmm. like. And you just have to open up and be open to what the world hands you. And so there's no like little bag of tricks you can pull out of your pocket. You just have to be immediately inspired and, and use your intuition. Talk about a little bit about the kinds of things you do when you go into these countries. How do you get it set up? How, what kinds of programs are you trying to 
do when you get there. Well, you know, with the focus on women, especially, I could speak about that. In many places in the world, as we know, you know, women don't get a voice. They don't get a chance to speak out and tell their story. So very often what we're doing is we're just giving them the opportunity to uh, tell their stories and and to share and, and, and to play. Like, for example, mm-hmm. in Afghanistan, women do, don't get a chance to, you know, little girls, they work from the minute they're right. born. They're, you know, washing clothes and going and fetching. And they really, it's they, they miss their childhood to a large degree. And they especially are supposed to be seen and not heard or not even seen. Really just right. you know, invisible, invisible. So, you know, one of the things we're most proud of is that we've started four all women's theater companies in Afghanistan. And that was huge, and it was new, and they still exist. And the the, the biggest challenges were uh, Kandahar and Nangahar because they're very conservative areas. So we had to find the girls who were going to be willing to do this. And they were maybe between the ages of 15 and 22. And then at that point, you have to get married, so that sort of squelches that idea. But we had to go speak to the parents, and we had to st- explain what theater is. You know, theater under right. the Taliban, all of the arts had been... Just doesn't com- exist. Didn't exist. So we had to say what theater is, and they know television, but television is, like, not looked upon fondly because, you know, they're Bollywood and these um, soap operas from Turkey that were... All the Western influence. And, and some Western influence as well, so they didn't look fondly. As we had to... You know, we invited the local religious leaders, the mullahs, to come see what we were doing to see that it was really Afghan stories told by Afghans in their own language and their own way. But we were pretty much starting from scratch, teaching the girls what theater was and what acting is. And it's not rocket science, you know, <laughs> but you do have to actually face the audience and lift your chin up and speak out and, uh, you know, and then what to say, you know. So we, we have these some methods now to create stories very quickly. But uh, I said, well, what would you say to the guy? And they said, say, well, goodbye. And Good, st- let's start with that. You know, so, <laughs> you know, we start very, very, very simply and then mm-hmm. build on it, build on it. And as they get into it and they get into the character, then the, it gets a little bit more juicy. And I should also mention that, you know, in Afghanistan, men play the women's parts in theater, at least in the conservative areas. Oh. It's, it's, it's changing. Just like Shakespeare. <laughs> Just like Shakespeare. But, you know, in my imagination, they did it better because <laughs> these guys had no idea what women walked like or talked like. As oh, far right. as they're concerned, women are like, oh, eek, oh, and a lot of crying. Right. That's solely well, that may be what they <laughs> see a lot of. A lot and of they're crying. they're around the stage, and they're saying, come on, let's work on some body language here. Have you really seen women, like, mince around the stage like that? Seriously, let's look at how women walk, you know. So, you know, taking them through the body. If they can play women, mm-hmm. let's do it right. Right. And all that, like, eking and crying. Is do ridiculous. you feel like exposing them to that sort of training helped to change their view of women at all absolutely well first of all because i'm a woman and they and and some of our compatriots are men women both and to see us be friends that men and women can actually be friends and chum around and kind of like hit each other and uh, talk and you know joke and and laugh and Mm -hmm. they they didn't see that they were just like amazed they were like wow americans are kind of nice people and well they're funny and uh, uh, we, we never saw something like that. No, I'm, you know, I'm going back a ways because, you know, things have changed a bit and things are a little bit more free. But, you know, in a lot of areas that are very conservative, they don't see women as being kind of normal 
human beings. They're sort of some special breed. So with these girls, you know, they're, they're, uh, they would make stories of things that were important to them. And uh, the girls playing men, they are <laughs> outstanding. <laughs> they are scary good. Great actresses. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> they know what the abusive husband sounds like and walks like and acts right. like or the dismissive policeman. They know that. And they're really mm-hmm. good. And uh, I'll tell you, when the girls get in front of, like, a crowd of women for the first time, and they told me later, it's like, wow, they were all listening to me. They were all watching me. Wow. And they're older than them. You know, I, I guess I have something to say. It was like, yeah. It's yeah, they were listening to you. It's really empowering. And it's not like we're empowering them. It's like they have the power. Right. We're just releasing that power. So that's, that's one of our main things is working with women in whatever way we can, women and girls. That is beautiful. And in, in different mm. places, it's different, you know, and... Um, with little kids, little kids, you know, the boys and girls play together and whatever. But uh, with the women in, uh, you know, sometimes we use stilts. I know I was showing you a picture of stilts before, but mm-hmm. we have little trainer stilts, and they're very uplifting, <laughs> literally <laughs> and figuratively. But, um, you know, they look really magical, but they're really easy. I have to break the news. They're actually easy. It's easy I to don't work know about so. that. I've never tried them. <laughs> But you know, even in like the north of India, where women were very con- conservative, they look at us like, "Oh, we could never do that." And it's like, "Yes, you could," and they're doing it barefoot in their saris, walking on stilts. And once they get it, they're like, "Yeah," <laughs> they feel like a million bucks because they're tall. And, you know, we do this in refugee camps too with little kids. You know, and they're on their stilts and they're taller than their fathers and they're taller than their boss or their whoever's bossing them around, and they just feel like a million bucks. So they're, you know, they're not going to be actors when they grow up necessarily. Any of these refugee kids, they could be. It's empowering. They will remember this for the rest of their life. Yes, I have a voice. And yes, people listen to me. And it might change the way that they behave when they become adults. Yes, I I certainly should hope so. And I think that they will impart that to their children as well. That is the hope, yes. Yeah. So talk to me a bit about the next project that's coming up. In August, you mm-hmm. are going to Malaysia. Yes. And you're going to be working with refugees and migrant populations. Migrant workers, Now, they yeah. are, you've said they are from Sri Lanka, Afghanistan, Somalia, Yemen, the Middle East, from everywhere. And they and come a lot to Malaysia. From, yeah. A lot from uh, Myanmar. Now, we worked in Myanmar for uh, since 2009, so we have a lot of experience there. But the Rohingya, the Muslim population, mm-hmm. has been oppressed for many, many, many years. And now it's sort of, now that there's kind of an opening in Myanmar, it's, um, and this happens when things open up, that sort of chaos will brew for a while. So this was the uh, chance, I guess, for some retaliation or some mm-hmm. attack on the Muslim population, which is in unfortunate. Myanmar. Yeah. In Myanmar. Now, they had been kind of ignored stateless people mm-hmm. previously, and uh, I- I- th- with very little chance to escape the situation. So sometimes you hear about boat people, you know, people that went out on boats and tried to land in Thailand, and some horrific stories about them just casting them out to sea right. without any means to, and just drifting and whatever. Um, trafficking is a big issue as they try to get to uh, Malaysia. Mm-hmm. Malaysia is a, a stable country, and it is mostly Muslim, but it's it's more progressive. So it's a you know it's a haven for a lot of lot of different groups, 
It provides a sense of security, a I little more safety. Yeah, I think a little bit more safety. And, um, you know, again, this is going to be a, a brand new ball game. I, I've been to Malaysia, but this situation is going to be, again, mm -hmm. you know, using your, your ability to uh, speak without words, to communicate without language, to... Um, you know, work with all different populations. Because there are so women. many languages you'll be dealing There's with. So many. And uh, creating a show, what we want to do is, again, create a show with with the refugee population. Mm -hmm. So we're, we're, we're partnering with a company called Asylum Access uh, Malaysia, mm -hmm. and they work with legal issues, legal, you know, access to justice for migrant, well, for mostly for refugees, and another organization that works with migrant workers. And um, so... W we would like to, through theater, let them know what their legal rights are, because that's right. a, that's a, a you know that's really important right there, because they really just don't know what their legal rights are at all, and because Malaysia is not privy to the um, uh, refugee um, or ordinance of the of UNHCR, so they they are not protected in the way that refugees are in some other places. Right. Although UNHCR is there and working with them. So, uh, you know, and we'll see. We'll see. You said you're working also with North South Initiative. North South Initiative which works, works with the migrant workers. Yeah, migrant workers, and that's another situation. A lot of them come from Bangladesh and mm -hmm. areas, and they've been there for a long time. And again, as you can imagine, they're they're not treated well because they don't have any rights. So they're like uh, you know, like illegal immigrants like here. The immigrants here that are coming to pick cucumbers. Yeah, that's right. So they're paid or not paid or treated very badly, and it's kind of slave labor in a way. And um, they're living in very crowded quarters, etc. So again, like imparting to them right. through theater, because what they do is they go out and they give powerpoints, but powerpoints don't play for everybody. First of all, they're dry. I mean, they've even told me that they're a little dry, and um, not everybody reads and writes. And also, what language mm -hmm. are you going to do it in? So you know, but through theater, you can really impart a lot of information. And then we have kind of post-show feedbacks and questions and a lot of, you know, professionals there. And then in the end, we, what we don't want to do is create uh, shows with the refugees right. about things that they want to talk about. So, you know, just open it up to them and give them the methodology to be able to do that again and again and again. Right. on their own. On their own. After the you're gone, right. Yeah. So now I, I want to say that you're coming back mm -hmm. with us in October. Yeah. So we are going to talk then about some wonderful what stories happened? that you bring <laughs> back from Malaysia yeah. with you. And I'm excited about that. Great. So again, thank you so much, Joanna, for coming in well and talking to us about to this. Have this opportunity. Thank you both. And that is Bond Street Theater. They're mm -hmm. at www.bondst.org. Thank you. Yes. And uh, you can go on their website and check out all of the projects that they're involved in and yeah. also Donate. They are a nonprofit. Yay. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks so <laughs> much, Joanna. Okay. Thank you both. Thank you. We're going to take a little short break for our salon bulletin. First up, The History of Bees. A book talk with Maya Lund takes place at creative partner organization Scandinavia House at 58 Park Avenue, New York, New York. And that is today, Thursday the 14th, from 7 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. Norwegian author Maya Lund visits Scandinavia House to discuss her debut novel, The History of Bees, published by Touchstone just this past August. It's an ambitious, deftly executed literary debut in the spirit of Station Eleven and Never Let Me Go. 
the history of bees follows three generations of beekeepers weaving a spellbinding story of their relationship with nature, their children, and ultimately one another against the backdrop of an urgent global crisis. Following the discussion, copies of the book will be available for purchase and signing. Tickets are free on their Facebook event at Scandinavia House. You can also find that on Eventbrite. For our followers in Berlin, Salonista Luisa Greenfield's piece, History Lessons by Comparison, will be a part of Berlin Art Week and on view at the Academy der Kunst from September 14th through November 19th. And Luisa will give a talk on September 17th. So if you're in the Berlin area, go see Luisa's work along with film greats Danielle Huillet and Jean-Marie Straub, which we mentioned earlier in our World Bulletin. Again, that's at Académie der Kunst, Hans Sietenweg, number 10, 10557 Berlin, and more information is available at www.adk.de. If you're in the Philadelphia area this weekend, this Saturday, September 16th, our creative partner organization, Camp Philadelphia, is pleased to announce they're celebrating their 10-year anniversary of networking, dinners, brunches, community service, and speakers, all celebrating the positive contributions Muslim Americans make in their communities. They are commemorating this milestone by hosting their annual Eid ul Adha event, Muslims in the Arts, featuring Farah Siraj, dubbed the Nora Jones of the Middle East by New York Time Out, and who represents Jordan annually on the United Nations World Peace Day. A highly anticipated event, attendees will be provided ample time to network and connect with successful professionals from Philadelphia's diverse Muslim community, so don't forget your business cards. The cuisine will be Indian, halal, of course, attire, formal or semi-formal. It will be at the Karma Restaurant and Bar at 246 Market Street in Philadelphia. You can get tickets at https colon slash slash camphillyid.com. 2017 Camp Hill YEID 2017.eventbrite.com. It's uh, they're non-refundable. They are not available at the door. The general admission is $45. You can learn more about that by visiting the Council for the Advancement of Muslim Professionals and Camp Philadelphia on Facebook or email philadelphia at camp-online.org. Here in New York, it's Salon Lounge time again at Dixon Place this Saturday, September 16th from 7.30 to 8.30. Our monthly theme showcase of women's performance, literature, and film video and visual art at our partner venue, Dixon Place in the city, is a free event open to the public. We're in our fifth year at Dixon for this series. Most past shows are archived and viewable on our YouTube channel, International Women Artists Salon. Join us live on the third Saturday of each month at Dixon Place. We'll be at 161 Christie Street in NYC's Lower East Side. Come early to mix and stay after to mingle. It's free to attend. Donations are welcome. Dixon Place Lounge is open before, during, and after the show, and proceeds directly support Dixon Place's artists and mission. This month's theme is The Future is Female, and that'll wrap up our Salon Bulletin. What uh, wonderful things that are happening uh, with our Salonistas, and thank you to Joanna for sharing where, where she's going to be headed uh, shortly, and we look forward to having her back. And uh, now we have uh, the incredible audiovisual 
artist Cecilia Beck, Cecilia Beck, and and uh, Maureen. I can't can't wait to hear more because uh, Cecilia is from Denmark, and uh, of course my heritage is, is Danish. So we've already been speaking a little Danish back and forth. Oh how and, nice! And uh, so uh, <laughs> I can't wait to hear more about your creative life. So take it away, Maureen. Thanks, Heidi. Thanks. So Cecilia, Cecilia Beck. Scandinavian audiovisual artist. Cecilia has a Master of Fine Arts from the Royal Danish Academy. She's studied art as activism in public spaces. So we're going to definitely talk to her about that today. Um, she also spent six months in Indonesia where she created a series of street art and music. You might want to tell us a little bit about Indonesia, too. That mm -hmm. could be fascinating. Mm -hmm. uh, and she's now based here in New York City. In January 2016, she released her album, Here Is Now, and that's on her own label, Sound Vision Lab, Inc. Uh, and that's her first music album. She's going to be playing uh, some snippets of some songs for us a little bit later. Um, she has uh, showcased her work at various venues in NYC, including Arlene's Grocery and The Bitter End. Uh, internationally, she's performed in Oslo, Berlin, and Copenhagen. She's been all over the world. Um, so now you say that light and sound are two faces of the same coin, mm -hmm. and that music and visuals are present in all of your work. Mm -hmm. uh, talk about some of the topics that you prefer to bring out and talk about and explore with your art. Well, I always like to touch a little bit on different political um, subjects that are relevant. Um, so I basically, rel like, usually work a lot with um, feminist topics and uh, do some work with the LGBTQ uh, community. And, um, you know, I travel a lot. So I work with, um, when I was in Indonesia, I was living in a small Muslim community that was also... Uh, had a cultural heritage in black magic, so I worked with those women as well and did some street art there that were touching upon uh, the gender politics there. Um, as you know, I come from, from Denmark, which is a little bit different in gender politics and a little mm -hmm. bit more, <laughs> actually even more developed than many places in America, I would say. Absolutely. I would say. And <laughs> <laughs> so with, you know, five months paternity leave and five months maternity leave and, you know, all paid through the, through the taxes and... So so it's it's when I moved to America I was really um shocked by the racism here and the gender politics so it's something that's very integrated in my work and also mm -hmm. was even be before I moved here so yeah beautiful um so what are some of the the most recent projects that you have created um, some of the most, re oh, it's so funny to have to look back like instantly because I always <laughs> look forward and like when I finish a project, I put a lid on it and, and let it uh, stay until I have to, you know, present it How in some way. How about one of the most favorite things you've done? So, while I was working on my album, Here Is Now, um, I've been doing, I've been working recently very much with, um, a dancer called Nora Stevens. Um, and we were uh, doing um, a performance at the day of the inauguration um, and that was touching upon, um, you know, the current political situation in, in America. And uh, we also recently did um, another performance at Sound Dance uh, in Greenpoint where we were mm -hmm. 
um doing this like whole she's a professional dancer and she's like very serious about what she works with and how she uses her body and we're like both very like you know conscious about uh different social structures and we were like we were but we still wanted to like touch upon a very like serious situation without like in a way that we could inspire instead of like making it more heavy so we did this whole um thing with um what's it called um this dan- what's it called again a uh, cheerleading dance okay <laughs> <laughs> and like dressed up in this in you know stars and stripes colors and and did this uh, touched on on the subjects in that way now were you were you dancing with her were you playing music i was both i was dancing with her and playing music and i also um engaged the audience in participating in the performance which i love to do you know to wow, get people that's involved amazing. you say you you um you get take your inspiration from the cities that you live in, the places mm-hmm. that you travel to, mm-hmm. and that's essential for your work. Mm-hmm. So tell me, how has New York City inspired you? Well, New York City is like the first place I traveled to where I was thinking that it has people from all over the world. Like you can just walk out on your street corner and see one culture and walk to the next and see something mm-hmm. else. And before I moved to New York City, I was very curious as to whether it would be, you know, streets of New York um, or it would be, um, you know, uh, Sex in the City or what, like, <laughs> whatever, whatever series or so movie. you had, you you had, had an idea yeah. for media in I your was head like about what you were going to find. Yeah, I was like, is it going to be this movie? Is it going to be this movie? Because all movies or series about New York are very different from each other and show very different faces of the city. But the truth is that it's all here which is very confusing and very inspiring at the same time. It's very important, I think, to like know who you are and stay grounded and mm-hmm. and then observe and interact, obviously. But um, yeah, it's all all cities. The whole the whole world is the in New York City. The whole world is in New York. That's yeah. right. It's everything here. Yeah. I think that's great advice for someone coming to New York. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Just know that everything is here, and we mean everything. Everything. <laughs> <laughs> all the smells. <laughs> All the yeah, sounds. if you don't like what you're smelling, walk another 10 feet, you'll smell something else. Yeah. <laughs> could be better, could be worse, but it will be different. And it will be planted with dog piss on both <laughs> of them. <laughs> <laughs> and, and there was a salonista who just uh, posted something, uh, I think yesterday, mentioning like within a two box, she yeah. had like a Thai authentic, these are authentic uh, foods from different countries, like a Thai bubble tea mm. and something else from from another country and and bought something from another country all within like yeah. two blocks she mm. was just like this is new york yeah. astoria is like that too there's i love it i love 20 it different so cultures in one little yeah. area it's amazing yeah i guess uh they say queens is the borough in it the is. world that it has, has the most more languages more languages more cultures you name a country in the world there is probably somebody from that country living yeah. in queens it's fascinating. Um, so tell me, is there a female artist that you admire who inspires you? Well, you just had Joanna on the show. She inspired me like so much with just hearing her talk. I was really inspired. I definitely want to catch up with her and hear what she's up to and maybe even hear if she would want to collaborate at some point. Because, um, yeah, I love I love collaborating with people that inspire mm-hmm. me. And I always reach out if there's someone that, that I really like, um, no matter 
how far they are in their career. I think I it's love seeing important. that happen when you can bring two people together yeah. who suddenly click and it's like, we could do this together. Yeah, like yeah. yeah. So it's she wonderful. was, that was really inspiring, I think. And the work she was doing with Bond Street Theater was, yeah, you know, that's just revolutionary, actually. Mm -hmm. um, I also am very, very inspired by one of my, like, very dear and close collaborators called DJ Cherries the Love, who's um, a cancer survivor, which is like uh, one of the ways she actually, I would say that she brands herself in that way because mm -hmm. she is, she's a survivor and she uses it a lot to inspire people. Um, the way she's like treated herself and cured herself and with her positivity and her, uh, the way she is, um, you know, her whole diet and uh, the life that she has created around her treatment and moving on so i just like ad in admire her insanely i'm like obsessed with my uh, new friend <laughs> and collaborator <laughs> she's so great and she she like like joanna does she's traveling around she was mm -hmm. just in ecuador to work with um orphans there and mm -hmm. um she works with uh, poor children in new york in different neighborhoods and have you had so a chance to collaborate yeah with we her? collaborate with a lot what, yeah, we what do are some of the favorite things you've done with her? Well, we had, uh, during the Women's March, we, well, a couple of days later, we did a whole um, show at Drome um, in the East Village. And so she was DJing and we were playing some of my songs with backtracks and I interacted my piano. And um, so we were also doing a few covers, but um, what we were focused on was the Vim Women's March and um so we had um and just like feminism in general i think and like touching like just gently on some mm -hmm. different uh, subjects that we were concerned about uh, and interested in and we built this like beautiful giant hairy super hairy vagina <laughs> that we brought <laughs> on stage <laughs> what was it made out of like it was made out of fake fur a lot of black uh, fake fur. <laughs> okay. It was beautiful, very pink. The skin was very pink and fluffy and like with big, beautiful lips. And um, they were just there to kiss people. And uh, so we put a bunch of um, feminist quotes in there and like, you know, from Audre Lorde and Virginia Woolf and had people in the audience pull the quotes out of the mm -hmm. big, beautiful, wet, kissing vagina. <laughs> Which was it really was wet yeah, well, it <laughs> became it became wet. People were like putting you know their hands deep into it, so <laughs> <laughs> get a little sweaty in there. Yeah, they got a little sweaty in there, <laughs> especially. Um, yeah, it was really it was really fun. Wow, you know, does this, uh, make appearances periodically. Well, like we actually, I have a dream. <laughs> I have a dream of. Um, I just Can we bring it out. Yeah, <laughs> I just reached out. To, you're definitely very welcome to borrow it if if you <laughs> feel like that would be appropriate. Um, but uh, we, right, I do on. have a yeah, I do have a dream about um, collaborating with um, a man that I met in an artist that I met in Oslo at some point while I was doing a performance at a sound gallery, which was basically um, ice skating rink that a curator that I also collaborate with called Andreas Hell Oxenville, um, he invited me to come up there and do this performance. And while I was there, I met this artist called Smuta, who was from New York. And so I, you know, I, I touched base with him and got to know him a little bit. And he travels around the world and talks about 
how it is to be a man after you know the introduction of feminism how you can be a politically responsible man and how you can be like you know rest and like be conscious about your mm-hmm. resting and like be conscious about and be happy with your sexuality as a man without it being offensive in any way to women you know so he like does these like he has like the same approach as, as I do in many situations like he has a lot of humor in it mm. and um, uh, so he f- uses his nudity a lot which is not very usual for a man to do that right but he's like hey i want to be able to show my body you know i want to do all these things so anyway so he is doing he sings a lot about his sexual experiences and like fantasy so i have a dream of collaborating with him and dj cherish the love in the fall and i hope to have him like come out on stage through a, a giant vagina and uh, he he did respond so to me that it sounded like his again. destiny. <laughs> if, you can, if you can work it out with, yeah. with the current prop. I, I hope so. <laughs> we may have to make it even bigger. Well, it's good to know there's a guy out there that's on our side. Yeah. And pushing for our causes and yeah. our Absolutely. whole way of being. Mm-hmm. The Absolutely. way we need to be. The way we need to be free to. Yeah. to express ourselves. Yeah. It's Absolutely. beautiful. And that's one of the goals of International Women Artists Salon is even though we're a platform for presenting women's work mm-hmm. and helping to raise up women's artistry around the world, uh, but it's very important for us uh, to not be insular and to be partnering with our, our male colleagues mm-hmm. and supporters and fans and, and partners out there. So, uh, yes, we do love our enlightened men uh, <laughs> and, and invite them to engage with International Women right. Artists Salon as and well. invite them to enlighten other men too. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> yes, yes. So yes. let's listen to some music now. Mm. Oh yeah, tell I brought tell a few songs. The songs you'd like to play. Well, I made a song just a few days ago. It's gonna be. Well, it's actually like a few weeks ago, um, and I haven't named it yet, but I think it's maybe gonna be called "My Own Sweet Time." I'm just learning to play it, so you're going to get it very, like very raw. It's about catcalling. It's about oh. catcalling. Oh, okay. All right. So I, I just walked over to the piano. That was the noise around. <laughs> 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 okay. I would like you to help out a little bit. Do you think you could like do some snapping with me? Okay. Okay, I'll just set the tempo. Yeah. I'd be walking around in circles in my own sweet time. I'll be walking through the dirt in my shoes so fine. I'll be folding my clothes in my own sweet time. Making wrinkles in the folds, cause I do not mind. I do. Cause I'm the short straw, baby I'm up to no good Try to catch this lady on her wrong foot I may smile like a son Doesn't mean that I care You got a loaded gun But I got fire in my hair I got fire in my hair Try to catch my stare I got fire in my head You got a loaded gun But I got fire in 
start to hit the streets with this walk of mine and the birds and the bees try to catch my eye i don't hear the words when you say that i'm fine save those sweet words baby for your faithful wife save those cat calling the short straw baby i'm up to no good try to catch this lady on her wrong foot i may smile like the sun doesn't mean that i can't you got a loaded gun but i got fire in my hair it's a small snippet oh of wow, that one that's awesome Ooh. Woo. Woo. My voice needs to be a little bit more warm in this <laughs> air condition. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that helped it though. I think you sounded lovely, wonderful, wonderful. That Thank I you I so love much. I love the topic. It's like cat calling is one of my big pet peeves, and I've so annoying. I've it's so annoying, and I have actually like thrown things down on the sidewalk and screamed at them and told them to come over here and say it to my face and see what happens. And then they rolled they up the window the of their car their and, and looked at each other like, oh, she's crazy. Yeah. Well, yeah. You have to out, you have to out cray cray the cray cray. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's a problem <laughs> that we all as women have to deal with. Yeah, every exactly. Every day. Yep. Every day. So what else can you share with us? Give us another song. Well, now that my voice is now that you're all warmed up, warm, I might sing a song called Ice. <laughs> ice, all right. Tell us what what is Ice about? So Ice is a, it's about a love story. Oh, okay. That uh, was put on ice and may be opened up again. Now. Okay. <laughs> Plain 
train and car And I've I bike the streets of invisible cities The towers and bridges reach for the riches above But caves and graves cannot change love I try to break cool the water into ice so I could break it down so I could break it down and I try to hide the shadows in the night So light couldn't be found And I couldn't be found so much it's wonderful thank you now i understand you are you have another album mm-hmm. coming out tell yes. us about this when is well, this happening this is gonna be really awesome so i'm working with friend cathcart who's an amazing producer in eastside sound um which is an amazing studio as well and uh, he just took over the lease and yeah go find him um he's so great working with um in eastside sound and um he, um, him and I have been developing this project a little bit together. I have all the songs, but we're like looking into how to develop the sound of it together. Um, mm-hmm. I'm moving a little bit on from the sound from Heroes Now, which I love to work on, but now I'm working more with um, an acoustic mm-hmm. uh, base of the songs, or not acoustic, but like definitely instrumental. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're, um, I'm not gonna break the actual secret about. I was just about to break the oh. secret about what the actual album like. There are some there are some things about it, some scientific things about the album that's a little bit different for for a pop album, 
but um so definitely i've been studying sound recently i was i broke in the winter i r realized that i was working with a medium that i'd been working with since i was a child and i didn't actually know so much about i never really thought about what sound is and how it affects us and uh, so I did a lot of research about that in the in the winter and um, looked into how it can be healing for us. And it can also actually be like a tool for manipulation. Like, you know, there's some some music that's very you can f almost feel it on your body. It's like almost like spikes, like hitting you some like really like kind of. There are there is some kind of really bad produced pop music out there that's just like more annoying or like irritating mm -hmm. to you than yeah. than healing. Um, so that's something I've been looking very much into, and something that's going to be interacted in the in the project that I'm I'm gonna work on. I have a fundraiser for this album, um, which is going to be August tenth at uh, Budin in Greenpoint. Uh, I think it's gonna be from five to nine. I might have to ask you to mm. check on my social media for that um but um yeah august 10th and I'm, i'll be selling a whole bunch of my songs without sound which is basically my two-dimensional two-dimensional work with my songs so it's paintings of my songs okay. and drawings yeah. of my songs and i'll have like a big s you know exhibition there where you can come and buy art for not so much money and support this album that i'm working on wonderful and mm -hmm. now it is we can we get more information on your website yeah there is okay. uh, more information on my website which is uh, ceciliabeck.com and That's that is c-e-c-i-l-i-e-b-e-c-k um and uh, you can also find me on my social media pages, which are Cecilia Beck One uh, on Instagram and Twitter. Um, and you can find me on Facebook, of course, as well. Wonderful. This yeah. has been a, such a beautiful experience. Thank, Thank you. you so much for coming Thanks in and so sharing our music. Me. It was really a pleasure to and be we're here. And we're going to have to send you off to your gig that's coming up at 1 o'clock today. Yes. Down in Thompson, Tom's, uh, Tompkins Square Park. Yes. I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I have, to, I have to run down there, grab a cab, and get on to do a little activism down there. All right. So <laughs> if anybody, uh, you know. Hopefully, you'll get a big crowd there. Yeah, I hope so. Absolutely. Wonderful. And, and it's so strange not having, being live, live, uh, to say, right. hey, come on down hey, this Hey, come on down and do that. Uh, yeah. From our time on City World Radio, and I'd like to give an extra thank you to City World Radio and Johnny Anello for all the work he did for helping us uh, produce all of our 200-plus salon radio shows with great inspiration and amazing women's work happening around the globe uh, for the last five years. And, and we are... What are we doing? We, we are transitioning to podcast the platform so yes. that folks can download them easier and follow us easier. And um, so we're looking forward to uh, seeing and hearing Cecilia's work in the future. And thank you for being here. And thank also so to uh, Joanna uh, for being here earlier, Joanna Sherman of Bond Street Theater. And absolutely to Maureen Vantrese, uh, the amazing actor and voice over artist uh, you, uh, being our presenter and Jade our engineer who's an amazing musician in her own right uh, you can see her and hear her work on jadezabrick.com so please uh, come back and uh, listen uh, every week and stay tuned uh, follow us on Facebook our 
Twitter and Instagram, um, and email us at womenartsalon at gmail.com. Anytime to join us, partner with us, and sponsor us. And please do get out to see amazing women's creative work in your area of the world. Thank you. Yeah.